Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. Now today, this episode is going to be a little different because it's raining outside, there's some thunder, there's some lightning. And I, I thought about not recording today, but you know what? I have my four somatic mushroom tea going. Let's get weird. Because today, I want to talk about our best friend, stress. Because as you know, I get all my ideas on my solo shows when I'm having a conversation. And this one is no different. I was talking to a friend the other day. And unfortunately, she had a stroke and she was in recovery. And of course, I was talking to her, you know, post, post-stroke and she was, you know, getting better. And during the conversation... I asked her if her doctors knew what caused the stroke, and she said it was stress. But of course, I needed to know more, so I asked her to explain further. She said the doctors could not figure out the reason behind the stroke. All they can conclude that was that she was stressed. You know, because they ruled out the, the main things, like, you know, she was uh, she's young, fairly healthy, you know, they couldn't really see what would be the um, actual issue. So then I asked, if you're stressed, what's causing it? And that's where the conversation took kind of a weird turn because she could not really explain it. See, the long story short is, I asked a couple questions like, do you know what stress is? And when things that can cause it. And she couldn't really explain. And believe it or not, this is more common than we think. Because I see a lot of posts now, which fairly do say, you know, stress is a silent killer. And it can cause a lot of health issues. But then when we ask someone, what really is stress? We don't know what it is. It's like a mystery out there, right? So... I want you to stay tuned to the, into this episode because we're going to dive down a deeper dive into really what it is and what the causes can be and things that we can do to alleviate stress in our life and even how ways that we can use stress to improve our health and improve our weight. But quickly, and you know, I've been doing this recently, I have to explain why I have the Zika Health Show and why I'm so passionate about health. Now, for those who've been listening to me for a while, I've talked about years ago how I grew up with really bad allergies and really bad asthma. And I'm not going to make this too long because you've been listening to me for a while. You're accustomed to the story. But for my new listeners, basically, my doctors would tell me there's nothing I can do as far as nutrition-wise to improve my asthma. And improve my um, my allergies. It's just commonplace. That's what I grew up with. There's nothing they could really tell me. So I started studying on my own. I started reading books. 
I started making some changes, started improving my mental, my physical, my emotional health, working on different avenues to get myself better. And now it's been over two years, haven't had to renew my medication. I don't even have allergy issues anymore because I learned that because my gut was unhealthy, I was having allergy issues because my body couldn't respond well to pathogens. But now that my gut is healthy, and remember 90%, 90 to 95% of your immune system resides in your gut. So if your gut is healthy, the rest of your body is going to be healthy. And if your gut is healthy, you're more likely to fight out pathogens. So things that we think that are commonplace, yes, they are commonplace, but they're not necessarily efficient and not necessarily good. Having allergies is commonplace, but that doesn't mean that the common person is supposed to have allergies. We have it because our lifestyle and our nutrition and our lack of activity causes us to be weak to the things that are around us, causes us to be weak to our environment. So I want to stop, I want you to stop and think about that for a second. At the end of the day, no matter what your journey is, you can't take control of your health. Also, let me quickly read a couple five-star Apple reviews on the Zika Health Show. One is from Danigel Alves, titled, Everything's Very Nice. Every episode is really amazing. Daniel, thank you so much, and I hope I didn't butcher your name, bro. It's another one, Orton at 12. The Zika Health Show, such a great podcast. So you guys are just, just blowing me up. I really appreciate this. One more, Georgina3894. Very insightful, that's the title. Highly recommend this show. And I love the encouraging word and positivity. I'm hooked. And today, this, this is a perfect um, review to kind of stop on because I'm going to talk about stress. So we're going to get into uh, positivity and everything else, right? So with that being said, let's get froggy. What is stress? Well, as always, I always start with a definition, right? And according to the dictionary, it's pressure or tension exerted on a material object. But I actually prefer this definition that I found especially when it comes to us, is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. So by combining these definitions, we understand that it can be physical or mental pressure. See, we often think stress is bad, but again, we need to understand what it is. So let's start with physical pressure. This is all around us. For example, if you push an object or push against an object, you're exerting stress on it. When it comes to our bodies, stress usually shows up in the form of pain. Physical pain is a sign that our bodies are under stress. Let me say it again. Physical pain is a sign that our bodies are under stress. So when we say, oh, my joints hurt or this hurt, yeah, that's a sign that something is wrong. The pain is... It's basically just a signal, right? It's showing you that there's an issue there, but that we try to want to alleviate the pain, but not the underlying problem that's causing the pain. If you don't believe me, run into a wall. See, that pain you feel is the stress that the wall has placed on your body. 
I mean, I'm joking. Don't actually run into a wall. Please, kids, don't try this at home. But now, hopefully without running into a wall, you know when you experience pain, what's actually going on. Your body is under stress. Can't use that word too much, but I'm going to use it a few times in this episode. But again, the pain is just a sign. It's not the actual stress. It's not the actual problem. And I want to make that clear. Because I want us to shift our mindset from attacking the pain to attacking the actual problem of what's going on. That's something that's subtle, but we have to shift our mind. And make sure we know what we're doing, when we're doing. For example, I'll go back to my asthma. My issue wasn't my asthma. The issue was my gut was inflamed, causing allergies. And then my body responded by creating mucus and it made it hard for me to breathe. So then by taking all this medicine, it was just attacking the fact that I couldn't breathe. But when I stop and fix my gut, then guess what? My allergies got better. My asthma got better. To now, I don't even know it's allergy season anymore. So stop and think about that. Stop attacking the pain. Stop attacking the signal and attack the actual problem. And by the way, I mentioned earlier, I'm drinking my Four Sigmatic um, cacao drink, which is, which is one of the things that I did to improve the, the health of my gut. because. It's, it's infused with different mushrooms. And mushrooms have so many healing properties for your, for your brain, for your gut, for your overall body. And having mushrooms in my diet has boosted my immune system. And also even boost my, um, my metabolism. Because a, a, a healthy gut, oh my God. Once you experience that, completely change your lives. Now, back to the regular regular schedule programming. If your arm hurts, let's say you have arthritis. The pain is telling you that you have arthritis and we want that pain to stop. But again, issues to arthritis. Addressing the symptom, not sickness. So yeah, the sickness arthritis is causing stress on your body and pain, but the symptom is telling you there's an issue. And I will get more into that towards the end of the episode. And I know I'm spending a little bit of time kind of harping on this, but I want to make sure that when we get into the solution section of this episode, we're all on the same page. Now, let's talk about emotional stress. Earlier, I said that it is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. But this is very subtle. We often confuse stress with the response to stress. Say it again. We often confuse stress with the response to stress. So according to um, the Cleveland Clinic, and this will, um, a link to this article will be in the show notes, of course. Worry, fear, anger, sadness, 
and other emotions are all normal emotional responses to stress. But the emotion that we experience is not the stress. It's our response is what we have to make sure to know the difference. Stress is caused by pressure. Worry, fear, anger, sadness, and other emotions are how we respond to the pressure. And it's important to know this distinction. We often say we're stressed over a situation. Are we? Or are we responding emotionally to the stress? If you listen to my episode with um, Dr. Chris Lee, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. This dude is on this dude is on a whole different level. And one thing he said that resonates with me. Thoughts are the language of the mind and emotions are a language of the body. Thoughts are the language of the mind and emotions are the language of the body. This is a quote from Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is another guy that's He's on a level that I'm not even ready to even look at yet. My point of everything here is that stress is a normal part of life. See, the question we have to ask ourselves is, again, how would we deal with it? How will we respond to it? And yes, I'm being very simplistic here. And I'm not trying to diagnose anyone. But I will give you my day-to-day tools to help you to deal with these scenarios that may come up. Now, I've hammered down and I've talked about the definitions, but let's discuss the things that actually may cause us to be stressed. It starts with how we begin our day. It starts with a start. Most of us are exposed to multiple stressors before we begin our day. The loud noise of the alarm that jumps us out of bed, ing, ing, ing. that's a stressor. Probably one of the worst stressors for your health. It kicks you out of whatever state you were in at that time. Then the avalanche begins, rushing to shower. If you have kids, you have to get them ready. Where's my coffee? Let me grab something quick. If you're in rush hour traffic or if you drive in Orlando where everybody drives like five miles an hour because this is, you know, Mickey Mouse world. So you're you yelling and screaming your head off because you have things to do. You have places to go. I've been there. I've done that before. Then when you get to work, you have to hurry up and get everything started. You have to, you know, load up your computer or whatever you have to do. You have to clock in. You have to get ready. And so on, so forth. And then the avalanche just keeps going and going. And, you know, once you, once that, once you start that momentum, it's not going to stop. Do you know what all this really does to your body? Because, again, when we talk about stress, such a bad start is causing it and making our days worse than it actually has to be. It is true that cortisol, that hormone that gets such a bad rap, is supposed to be higher in the mornings. 
But when you start your day off like that, your cortisol levels are so high. It spikes your blood sugar, causes hormonal imbalances, and just ruins your health on a daily basis. And I want to stop and think about that. Try it. Try it waking up, let's say, when you have some time on a weekend, slowly and more mindful and see if you don't feel a difference as far as how stressed out you feel, how your mind is, your mental health. I saw posts on Instagram, I think, especially today, as my recording this episode was earlier today, where someone said, I've slept great for seven days in a row and I feel like a completely different person. Think about that. So, of course, I'm going to give you some tips how to start your morning off better. And it doesn't start in the morning. It starts the night before. I think my uh, drink is a little cooler, so let me take a little sip and get my mind ready for this next section. See? Set yourself a bedtime. My bedtime is 10 at the latest 11. Get your body consistent, knowing this is the time I'm going to go to sleep. Getting your body will start to fall asleep at that time. My brother used to get on my nerves. Uh, whenever we go out and um, he would sleep over my house, we could watch, and this was years ago when we were in college, the, the most awesome action-packed movie, and I'm up excited watching the movie. He falls asleep. Because his body just knew to fall asleep at a certain time. I'm like, dude, you're killing me here. And I'm watching Bad Boys too. I'm having fun. They're shooting. They're driving. And uh, you guys beside me asleep. So when you set the bedtime and your body gets accustomed to that bedtime, your circadian rhythm will tell you at a certain time it's time to go to sleep. Next is block out all blue light when the sun goes down. Get you a pair of blue light blocking glasses and get you some blue light blocking bulbs. I put the glasses on. When the sun goes down, I put the blue light blocking glasses on because it blocks out the UV light. It's starting to tell my body it's nighttime so my body can naturally create more melatonin. Also, in my bathroom, I have blue light blocking bulbs. So if I take a picture of my bathroom, which I'll probably put up on Instagram one day, it's orangish. It's not yellow like the regular light. This is blocking out the UV light. And the reason why I put it in my bathroom, because that's the only room that I use really after, let's say, 8 o'clock. Because, of course, as you know, I have to take a shower. I'm not as nasty as people may think. Um, this is going to be a shot in the face for my um, talk about uh, Bad Boys 2. And I've learned this lesson. If you have to watch TV at night, which a lot of us do, it's the 21st century after all, try not to watch anything too excitable and keep the volume low. Even like now the Olympics are going on, I try to keep my volume low because the louder it is, the more it's going to excite me and it's going to keep me up. So I try to keep the volume pretty much where I can tolerate it, I can hear it, but not enough to where it's really going to excite me. Another habit is take a nice, relaxing bath or shower. 
especially on Sunday nights, I like to take a long, relaxing bath. I'll tell you, whew, does so many things for your body. You, you feel amazing. You get out there, you just want to sink into the bed. Another good habit is journal and reflect on your day. Very important. Um, I don't journal as much as I should, but I do reflect. And I do meditate, even though I tend to meditate more in the mornings than I do in the evenings. But journaling, meditating can put your mind at ease. And the thoughts that are circling around in your mind that you can't seem to control, that can help you to get control of those and help you to relax. Here's another one. And my buddy Ben Greenfield, well, my buddy, we're not really friends, but I do listen to him. He says this a lot. Do not do any work in your bedroom. Your bedroom is supposed to be a safe space where you can relax. It's not where you're supposed to do work. I have an office space. This is what I do. Sometimes in my living room, I may type up a script or do, you know, send off something for work. But that's it. I don't do any work in my bedroom. Bedroom is designed for two things. And I'll let your imagination go off with that. The first one is sleep. The other one, as you think about that on your own. But I think you get my point. The next thing is set your alarm to a softer tone or, or even a light. Now, if that won't wake you up, then you're not getting enough sleep and you're sleeping too late. Now, a light is kind of harder. I tend to set mine to a soft tone. I'm a, if you live in America, they call it soccer, international football. I'm Jamaican and I'm a big Manchester City fan. And the tone of my alarm says, go city, go city. Go city, and that's what it wakes me up to. Sometimes you have classical music or a song that I like to wake me up, but I don't wake up to, I don't do that. Another big tip here, and this be kind of harder because you know it gets can get expensive. Set your AC to 68 to 70 degrees. We fall asleep faster than colder temperatures. Think about it. Beer is hibernated in the winter. When it's hot, our cortisol levels tend to be higher, less melatonin. When it's cold, we're relaxed, more melatonin. Just that simple. A caveat here, though. Ditch the energy drinks and coffee within eight hours of your bedtime. Especially... If you're caffeine sensitive like I am. See, caffeine has a half-life of at least six hours. So it will take time for the cough, I'm sorry, for the caffeine to go through your system, especially if you're drinking dark coffee. And those four, what's it, five-hour energies, I don't drink those things, I don't know what they're called. They can keep you up all day because they have more caffeine than a regular cup of coffee. And you go to Starbucks um, or, you know, another coffee joint and they give you more caffeine than even what would be in coffee that you would brew at home. Oh yeah, and don't forget their friends, pesticides and GMOs and all the other cancer causing issue, um, you know, chemicals that can come along with it. But that's another episode for another day. I did post that on my Instagram too, and I list out Starbucks and the type and the um, different uh, 
chemicals that are in different foods that can cause cancer and can cause health issues. And that was a big uproar on it, but I, didn't, I really don't care. My job is to spread the truth. Whatever you do with that truth is your business. Now, now we know these habits and we know we need to reset our circadian rhythm. It will take time. And it can take, depending on how long you've been out, it can take maybe a few, a few weeks. But once it resets, you will fall asleep faster and wake up feeling amazing. And sleep is the number one factor in reducing stress. Sleep, the number one factor in reducing stress. Anybody you talk to that's any psychologist or psychiatrist or anyone who specializes in mental health will tell you that if you're not getting quality sleep, you're making it so hard on your body to regulate itself, which can then lead to more stress, more mental health, more emotional issues. If you're doing everything right, but you're not getting sleep, hate to tell you, but it is what it is. Generally though, because I've had this people asking this question before, should I take melatonin? Sometimes it's good, but not all the time. There are different studies on taking melatonin, what can happen to your body. Some studies may say your body may make less. Some may say your body becomes insensitive to it, kind of like, uh, um, I can't think of the word right now, diabetes, in, um, type 2 diabetes, where your body becomes insensitive to, to um, ooh, what's wrong with me? I can't talk. Insulin, yes, sorry. Your body becomes <laughs> um, insensitive to insulin because as you eat some, a lot of sugars, your body creates more insulin and then eventually your body stops listening to it. So there are different studies on melatonin. But let me tell you this. You can take melatonin from time to time to reset your circadian rhythm. And here are a couple of examples. One, if you stayed up, let's say the night before or a couple of nights before, and I would do it sometimes on Sunday nights to for, get me ready for Monday if I stayed up on the weekend. Two, if you travel outside your time zone, your body's not accustomed to falling asleep at that particular time, so your circadian clock is off. So then you can take melatonin. But those are really, generally speaking, the only two times I recommend taking melatonin. I don't recommend doing it on a daily basis. Remember what I said, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. Actually, I didn't say this this episode, but I've said this before in other episodes. Too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. So please start with these habits. If you don't get quality sleep, nothing else matters. If you want to feel better throughout your day, you want to reduce your stress levels. You want to have more energy, which are all tied into each other. Again, it starts with getting quality sleep. If anybody tells me that they're trying to reduce their stress levels, but they're not working on getting quality sleep, don't even talk to me. If you want to lose weight, you want to lose body fat, guess what you have to do? Get quality sleep. Because even if, even if, you're in a calorie deficit. Your body is under constant stress. If you're not getting quality sleep, 
your cortisol levels are going to be too high. Your body's going to hold on and store the excess energy because your body thinks you're in danger and it's going to hold the energy thinking it's going to need it later. And how does your body hold on to energy? Body fat. So yes, that's where it starts. Now we talked about sleep and I think I've hammered that point home. If I haven't, feel free to message me on Instagram and yell at me about it. Or better what? DM me at Zico Health and ask me some questions. Come on my live sessions. Join my Facebook group, the Zico Health Crew. Ask me questions, have conversations, and let's get better. But here we are. Now, during the day, I want to give you some habits that can help you reduce stress as well. Get at least 30 minutes of sunlight in the morning. Get at least 30 minutes of sunlight in the morning. See, this resets your circadian rhythm and tells your body it's morning time, which also ties into sleep again. Because see, most of us don't get, well, enough sun, and then most of us don't get morning sun. But then we expose ourselves to all this false light at night coming from the TV. And we wonder why we can't fall asleep. And when we do, our sleep quality is back. But we're never truly in a proper sleep cycle. You don't hit all five phases of sleep. And then the alarm wakes you up and you're in the middle of the third, fourth phase. And you wake up feeling like you want to break the thing because you didn't get any sleep. By the way, I've, and anybody listening to me for a while knows that Every Wednesday to Thursday, I do my dinner to dinner, 24-hour fast, right? Well, getting quality sleep helps me with my fasting as well. And eventually, I have an episode on fasting because there is a particular reason why I fast. And I do the intermittent fast plus my 24-hour fast. But I don't generally recommend fasting for everybody. Not off the bat. Because you want to be careful, especially if you have underlying health issues and diabetes and so on and so forth. But long-term can be a great tool to keep your weight down, promote fat oxidation, and manage your health. Oh, yeah, and improve your immune system and heal your metabolism and so many detox your body. You know, it's so many things that fasting can do for you. It's just insane. Another thing, and this is a golden rule of mine, try to get up every hour and move around for a couple minutes during the day. So basically, a lot of us, especially in this COVID environment, working from home or we have office jobs, we have jobs where you sit around and we sit around all day and say, I wonder why and we will work out, you know, for 30 minutes, if that 45 minutes, sometimes an hour or two, but we still can't lose weight. You have to get up and move around. And metabolism, let me start over. They say a body in motion stays in motion and metabolism in motion stays in motion. So if you want your metabolism to burn fat throughout the day, get your butt up and move. In fact, moving can help you to generate more energy, which can help you to ditch the high caffeine High, well, I don't even look at ingredients of five-hour energy, but I'm assuming it has high sugars. Natural ways to reduce stress, have more energy, and just improve your life. 
who wouldn't you? Do cardio or intense workout in the mornings and earlier in the day. And I laughed because I said that because it took me a long time to learn that. I used to jog in the evenings and wonder why I couldn't fall asleep at night. Like, okay, I jog at 7 o'clock. I try to go sleep at 10 o'clock and I still wire because my cortisol levels are too high. So I do my cardio in the mornings now. And even when I weight lift, I don't weight lift past 7 o'clock because I need my body to have time to calm itself down and relax. And especially weightlifting too, if you're gonna drink pre-workout, because you drink pre-workout that time of night, then you're going to you're going to lift and you're just you're just asking for trouble. So try to do your cardio and high intensity earlier in the day and try to weight lift. You can weight lift a little bit later, but not as far as intensity wise and raising your um your cortisol levels and your heart rate. You don't want to do that too late because it's gonna mess up your flow for your into the night. And my last tip here is stay hydrated. Hydration helps your body operate its utmost best. That's just simple. If you want to be the best at anything, you have to stay hydrated. Almost every episode I have that I mention health habits always talk about being hydrated. Stay hydrated. I mean, there's not much more I can say about that. And there we are. Now, there are many more habits I could discuss. But this episode will go on forever. So I wanted to give you the main ones. But here's a start. Look where you fall short and then start to make adjustments. Because remember, I played a long game. And I'm saying this in a long time. But remember the drive to the beach? Remember I say, you know, enjoy the scenic route. Enjoy the journey as you go. Don't focus on just losing weight just for the sake of, because that's a health problem in itself and a pandemic in itself. Well, focus on the journey. Focus on making changes. Focus on lowering your stress levels. Focus on feeling better. And if you realize something, I want to say this at the end. I didn't say meditate your stress away. I'm giving you, because if you, even by trying to meditate, which meditation is important, and I do meditate, and I have to, trust me. I'm a very high-stress person, or it's a high-cortisol person. I have to meditate and calm my mind down. But if you don't have these habits, the meditation, the effects of the meditation is not going to last you long, not throughout your day. Not as things go on. In fact, the day you may have that you don't meditate or the second day you don't meditate, you fall back into that trap very easily. Because again, you're addressing the um, the symptom, which is the, you know, I'm stressed out, my response, and not addressing the actual problem, the groundwork, my day-to-day habits, the things that I need to do to get myself from where I am to where I'm supposed to be. And that's why it is a journey, and that's why you need to enjoy the ride. So here's a start. Look where you fall short. Make adjustments. Like I said, join the Zika Health crew. I'm on Facebook. Keep being awesome. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, 
always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.